Lights, camera, action. Welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Keenan Bonner. Ma! The meatloaf! Sorry about that. The matchup we'll be tackling today is 2005's Wedding Crashers up against 2016's Dirty Grandpa. So what do you like better, boys? Christmas or wedding season? Wedding season. Wedding season. <laughs> Here we go. Big episode. Wedding crashes against Dirty Grandpa. It is a clash. Not, well, we've had some bigger clash of the Titans, so I don't want to oversell it, but it's a it's a big week. This could be fight of the year. We've got star power. This is... Uh, in Dirty Grandpa, we've got Cotto coming back for one last fight. <laughs> not prime Cotto but you're still going to tune in and watch it yeah it can still bang yeah absolutely so I mean I said the years in the intro so much like last week we have covered those years and we can't just talk about Keenan eating a jam donut again unfortunately <laughs> so I'll give you the synopsis for Wedding Crashes and then uh, we'll have a bit of a chat so Anyway, John Beckwith and Jeremy Gray, a pair of committed womanizers who sneak into weddings to take advantage of the romantic tinge in the air, find themselves <laughs> at odds with one another when John meets and falls to Claire Cleary. I feel like that's going to be a nightmare of a name to say quickly as we go through this. Anyway, weddings. You boys like a wedding? I've only been to, I've only been to one as an adult. I've only <laughs> been to two. I think TK is. Uh, the man for weddings. Yeah, I'm, I love a wedding. I think marriage is, marriage is a completely crazy idea, but I love a wedding. Mm. So, it's a little bit like well, a house party. It's great as long as it's not yours. <laughs> I was supposed to have two this year, and they both of them, both of them moved back. Me and TK are supposed to be at one as well. Actually, mm. but I do have three, but two were the same couple, so I'll let that confuse anyone listening. <laughs> And one, one was my dad's actually, which looking back, oh, I would have been like very young. And I must have seen something on TV that said about, um, it must have been in a cartoon or something like tilting your head in a picture mm. taken. I don't know yeah. if it was what I was thinking. So like every picture, <laughs> my head is at like a slight angle. Like I don't know what I thought was going on. Here. So my, like every photo in my dad's wedding album, I've got a tilted head. So I don't think he was thrilled about. It. You suddenly got a very camp Byron in all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know what the, what the reason was behind it. I think I just remember seeing it on a TV show, and one of them fingers just clicks in your head, and you're there. And obviously, there's far more to worry about, and the photographer clearly just wasn't that fussed. Maybe he thought I had a crooked neck or something. <laughs> so there we go. Talk, talk me through the perfect wedding. Are we talking? Summer, winter. That's oh, got to be summer, surely. Hot I think it has to be. Or you, maybe, maybe like a, maybe it's like a spring wedding, like April, May time, if you can get the weather right. But do you really want to be getting married on a 
on a no- in a November December where it's half at three o'clock. Yeah, I mean I'll tell you what I can get, but, <laughs> but no, yeah. I went to I went to a wedding. It was two days before Christmas. That was a that was different. <laughs> but it, it worked alright. I mean, I get uh, you probably get to put the magic the magic in the air of Christmas and stuff. But do you imagine brides wearing white and all the rest of it, and uh, you walk outside walk outside the church registry office and it's pissing down? Yeah, what what a way to ruin your day. You've got. I think that gets in your head as well, doesn't it? If you have rain on your wedding day, I think that's a sign. <laughs> I don't like. I mean, I don't go in for all that nonsense, but um, <laughs> you, you, get, you can get in your head easy. You don't don't need it, and then you you go go into a reception doing and it's dark and miserable and all the rest of it. No, you want, like you want you you want summertime really, or, or September's not about August September September when it starts to cool down a little bit. That's probably perfect. What about? People that book their wedding on a weekday. Yeah, it's not for me. I've got to take two days off work because you want to get married. <laughs> you're separating the committed from the not there, aren't you? Because again, I'm not taking a day off work to go to your wedding. So you're seeing who really wants to be there and who doesn't. <laughs> and you've got the, the level up of people that want you to go abroad. Now that is outrageous. <laughs> you know what I mean? unless, unless, you're, unless you're paying for it. And it's always somewhere like, oh, we're going to go to Mexico. Oh yeah, just an easy flight there, just a cheap one. Yeah. Outrageous! I I do do have to. I just realised what I'm saying. I do have to slightly backtrack on the weekday weddings because my mate who I'm part of I'm part of his wedding party. He's just had to move his wedding from a Saturday <laughs> in September to, to what looks like will be a Thursday in May. So Gordy, should you ever listen to this, I'll, I'll be there, mate. I suppose with it being that you cannot take the Thursday Friday and have a bit there. If someone's booking a Wednesday, you're fuming. Oh. I oh, know, because what do I do? Take Wednesday, Thursday, and then go back in the Friday? Do I take, do I take <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Do I just take Wednesday and then just have a quiet day? That's, you two probably both know me well enough that that's not really for me. That's it's not too many. No, it's two, it's two days minimum. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with the abroad wedding as well is like, even if you're booking somewhere nice, I probably would rather go there without having to go to your wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're you're trapped. You are trapped in this wedding, but you'd think, oh, this is a lovely place, and I can't go anywhere because we're just at this fucking wedding. It depends. I, I suppose the only it depends on who's getting married. Say if one of your very, if it's someone you're not that close to, or it's your missus and mate or something. Yeah, shite, because you know six or seven people there, and you've got to cling on to them for dear life for four days. <laughs> if not, if not, you're you're having flash, you're having hallucinations of ending your own life in a shit hotel inside <laughs> out of boredom, or if if it's someone you know and you've known for a really long time, then it's not it's not too bad. If you know enough of the guests there that you can have a wander around and have a chat with everyone, yeah, you you, you can make it work, sort of thing. Or you just do, or you become Vince uh, at wedding crashes and you just insert, <laughs> insert yourself into everything with high confidence. Well, all, the most recent one, we, me and you went to TK. It was one of the hottest days of the year. We're all there in full on suits, and as you say, we've. Having the Clinton people, there was two random people put on our table for when we were eating, so they might have been traumatised being with Sean drinking wine. But they also, they always had the ultimate get on, they had a baby. And with yeah. that, that's, that's your, uh, if, if any sort of, you're not going to have any sort of moments of peace, and you can just, oh, oh, look, the neighbours kind of wearing, you have an awkward silence, oh, we are, do something with that. They were having it off like, it was a, like they were part time parents. And, and that's it, yeah, you can easily bin it off to a lot of drunk people who suddenly think they're parents. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look at him. Oh, oh look at the little baby. We saw oh, the man handing, handing Sean the baby. Like, I'm not sure you want to do this. 
Sean, you want to do this? Sean just spiking the ball after his second bottle. Of wine. <laughs> yeah, look, after a few beers, he was a natural. Honestly, maybe he gets he gets a better fatherhood after a few beers. <laughs> I think that bucks the trend of the last two thousand years. But I mean, like, who knows? Um, well, the bagel thing also is a dream because when it gets to what seven eight o'clock, you can just do the back door shuffle, and you've only really got a tower of boiling roots. Like, look, Bobby's getting a bit restless. We're going to go. It's, it's like, oh, oh, I love you. Have a nice day. I hope you enjoy the rest of you. Enjoy the honeymoon. See I'm you. convinced that's a good 90% of the reason why people have kids. It's just a means of getting out of things. You don't yeah, have to go to social events. Oh, it's the, oh, it's the baby. And no one can question it. You can't question it in a way that you can with other things. No. Oh. I did a backdoor shuffle out the front door. Yeah, I'm not surprised you did. I'm actually surprised that you leave the else for wedding. <laughs> well, it was a struggle. We had to drag him out. Yeah. Um, that, but, that makes a lot more sense. Got back and what? What was it? It was Dylan White against <laughs> Oscar Rivas, maybe. It was the whatever card uh, Dave Allen getting pummeled by David Price was on. Ooh, that's a big punch. I watched it on a Roku stream, so none of us are winners. Sounds there. about right. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into wedding crashes. I've got some trivia here. Got some great stories for both of them. Actually, I did a bit more research this week. Shows the caliber of the episode, but. The painting given to Jeremy or Vince Vaughan. Are we are we going to agree to call them Vince Vaughan and Owen Wilson rather than Jeremy and John for the episode? It would be far less confusing. No, we'll do either. Yeah, I'm flexible, but all right if you want to. If, if, if you if you haven't come prepared, then sure. I've got both. I'm if, thinking if that they do kind of, they're a double act. If you can't remember John and Jeremy, then I'm not sure. I've got a bit more respect for our listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm backing their knowledge. Maybe you're not. <laughs> The painting given to Jeremy by Todd was kept by Vince Vaughan after filming, so I do quite like the idea of him having that in his house. As if he's kept that. <laughs> <laughs> when Christopher Walken and Rachel McAdams are dancing at the engagement party, Walken kept saying fart to keep McAdams smiling, so she's easy to please, because the dancing had become quite repetitive after they'd been filming the same shot for a couple of hours. What a guy. Following complaints from the United States Congress, the producers of the film yanked from the movie's official website a principal purple heart advertised as a gimmick to pick up women and get free drinks. <laughs> I actually made a note. I actually knew I knew that. And I made a note of it. I wanted to ask when we came to it, because um, it's one of the quotes I wrote down, just whether we thought you'd get away with that today. And I just don't, I don't think you would anymore. You so wouldn't. In, that, in America, that front page news. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, Owen Wilson came up with a line, I think we only use 10% of our hearts. Sensational. He's used that on someone then. <laughs> Owen Wilson and Vince Lord improvised the lock it up banter. At the Italian wedding, the guy sitting next to Owen Wilson who laughed at the jabroni joke was Owen Wilson's uncle. Ah, how nice. Rachel McAdams listened repeatedly to Fleetwood Mac's 1975 song Landslide for emotional scenes. Owen Wilson said it was quite freakish, actually, because it was like turning on a faucet. <laughs> Fleetwood might do have some bangers in there, to be fair. I know that's not, that should, isn't a statement that should surprise anyone, but it's a good choice for that. A real wedding planner was kept on the set to make sure the weddings in the movie look real. <laughs> Premier voted this as one of the 50 greatest comedies of all time back in 2006. Don't crack in top 10, don't happen. Rachel McAdams got her certification in sailing to prepare for her role. 
She says she can now handle a 26-foot boat. Could be a heartbreaker here. Uh, Isla Fisher used a body double for her nude scene. She told Entertainment Weekly that the film's producers wanted her to be naked five times, so they were shooting for the stars. <laughs> but she managed to talk them down to just one. If you're using a body double, like, obviously, my, with my own physique, A, it's very unlikely I'll be on camera, but B, should I ever be, it's highly unlikely that someone's never going to ask me to get my kit off. Um, <laughs> but if it's a, if you're using a body double for it, does it really matter around any times? I get the stigma of it, maybe for a career, but if it, there's the only thing I can think of. But outside of that, if it's a body double, no one's actually seeing you, are they? Maybe it's just hard work. <laughs> it might be, it might be, I don't know, again. You it's... can tell as you understand, like, filming more when suddenly they're supposed to be naked and you get a load of shots of just their neck upwards and you're like, yeah, this is a weird choice to go. Especially yeah. when usually directors do have that shot, they go all in, like in Lawless, for example, where they literally don't move the, move the camera off, uh, it's Amy Adams for about 20 yeah. minutes while she's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, also the same. Like you know, it's a body double when really you only when the only sort of neck down you see is from behind. You know, it's never good. It's never them. Just yeah, one of them, really, isn't it? Uh, Will Ferrell was offered the role of John Beckwith, but turned it down for a smaller role. I'm not sure he's got Owen Wilson's role in the locker. But what? But I, I, I don't either. I don't think he's pretty enough. <laughs> I, I, I know it sounds bad, but look at like, some of the some of the some of the pieces that Owen Wilson pulls during this film. Do you really see Will Ferrell cracking on, on Rachel McAdams? No. Denada. No. Well, not, actually, you say I'm not sure I see Owen Wilson doing. Haven't, it, they, just, haven't they just had a film come out where he's yeah. doing just that? That's 15 years down the line, mate. <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone sees it. It peaked the She's not aged now. a day. Come on. It's Re- it's Rivaldo signing for Olympiacos at the age of thirty four. <laughs> I feel really bad on that actually because I'm still madly in love with Rachel McAdams. I said this in our said this in our chat the other day. But my, my we point, can see you're madly in love with Rivaldo. <laughs> didn't want to didn't want to hate him. Got um I've got a got a wonderful story quickly about Rivaldo. I once once signed a thirty six year old Rivaldo on a free on uh, an old football manager save, and I was criticised by the media. He won player of, won player of the season, top scorer in the championship, and won fans player of the season as he led my Norwich team to promotion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heartwarming tale. <laughs> Another kind of casting what if uh, Vince Vaughan recommended Justin Long for the Todd Cleary role following dodgeball. Long auditioned, he played the role with influence from Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He was convinced he was cast, and next thing he knows, he's told that uh, Keir O'Donnell was hired, and Justin Long and O'Donnell became friends afterwards. Well, seems nice. like a seems like a good guy, Justin Long. Yeah, we we always try and throw a bit of work at him, or you do more specifically. More so, Jay Baruchel than Justin Long, but both of them are be their agents if they need me to. Similar moulds, aren't they? Really? Yeah. Uh, when director David Dobkin brought the 2005 comedy Wedding Crashes to the marketing team at New Line Cinema, he didn't get the reception he was expecting. Um, the head of marketing there thought that Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson's characters were entirely too misogynistic since their main aim was just to crash weddings and look for girls, but Dobkin said uh, on the spot he went back quickly and said uh, the pair just love weddings and they're the life of the party. They got the film made. 
Give him the first R-rated comedy to break 200 million at the box office. That guy should get sacked instantly. <laughs> Bit of magic being taken away here. Producer um, Andrew Panay, who snuck into a wedding in his early 20s, came up with the idea for Wedding Crashers based on his own life experiences. Or so he said when the film came out. He later concedes that they literally crashed the wedding for about three minutes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> So it seems that it was more a projection. What he thought was going on rather than what actually happened. What have you got a sneaky TV on? No, I'm putting crashes should be enough to you, eh? No, my dad's making it work all over, so I can't really tell him to speak all that. <laughs> Big Paul. Well, I'm um, this, this spun me out. And so the dock is one location, the football scene is another location, and the kitchen is in there too. But the hallway and the entryway are actually separately in Pasadena and a bunch of the interiors were shot there. And then the sets for the bedrooms and the dining rooms were shot away somewhere completely different. So the house was made up of seven different locations. Jesus Christ, that seems a lot of work. Yeah. Seems unnecessary as well. I feel like they could have <laughs> just done it. <laughs> it's they wanted a specific decor. Surely it's cheaper and easier just to fucking repaint it. In so, a film like go. this, none of us are too bothered on that either. <laughs> none of us are pulling the film up. I can't believe the scenery there. I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I could not tell you one thing about the decor of that house other than maybe the, <laughs> maybe yeah. the dining room table. I can tell you what yeah. the exterior looks like. From the, well, the shots of the exterior and stuff, but I, it's all it's all quite close, all quite close shots in it of the interior. So it yeah. doesn't it barely barely even features. Strangely, the decor wasn't on my mind when Vince Vaughn's getting a wristy at the table. <laughs> or when he when he's taking part in that midnight rape. It's, it's what really, really wasn't what I was looking at. That is so, such a sinister scene looking back. I was, I was yeah. honestly thinking like this could have gone just so differently. That's another one that doesn't get him. Doesn't get really couldn't do it now. No, definitely. In not. fact, the whole thing when he sneaks in, when Todd sneaks in as well, you just don't. I don't think you get away with that as well. Too close to the line, isn't it, now? Yeah. Uh, so, David Dobkins, the guy that we've got to thank here, so he said he just wanted to make a movie with both Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, so essentially began hunting for scripts that he could cast a pair in. Yeah. <laughs> both on him separately about making a film, and he said he just saw something there that would be golden, put it together, and this is what he got. So essentially, David Dobkins, the man responsible for, for them as a double act. Yep. That's it's just decent, really, isn't it? We haven't really should... got the double act twice. So I think we're kind of in our heads of him as being more of a double act. Prolific. <laughs> yeah, but it's so like, it's all gold. You said that Joey Wilson is a double act, it comes up with Ben Stiller more than it does Vince Vaughn. Yeah, they're mm. like, I said this, they're like best mates, aren't they? Um, they, they are in, that's why they make the odd pop-up. That's why one, one of them's in Zoolander and then he pops up yeah. in Meet the Parents and stuff as well. Um... Oh, yeah, I know they're only in two films together, but it's just class, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe, maybe it's how much I like this film. Yes. I'll be honest, I think we've all come in with a bit of a loaded gun with this one in terms of... <laughs> I've, I've been having to look for reasons not to just have it out as the winner straight away, so... All right, right. We'll get to that when we get there. Not I've got it as very close. What did so you say the guy's so name was? Come together, Luke? David Dobkin. We should basically just praise him every morning. 
we do actually um, have a call in with his uh, uh, talent agent at the moment about an interview, so you can hold that thought. Lovely. Um, the picture that eventually gets given to Vince Form was actually supposed to be mutilated genitalia, so could have been a very dark scene. Um, oh, so that's Jesus what was written in the script. The day before filming, Owen Wilson said out loud, you know, I think it'd be funny if it was like Vince in the Garden of Eden taking the apple. The crew all laughed and the director had them uh, paint the picture overnight. Two things. Number one, how is that what pops into your head? Yeah. <laughs> um, genuinely. But secondly, imagine being imagine being that person responsible for that painting. It gets to seven, eight o'clock at evening, in the evening and then Barry <laughs> turns around and goes, really like what you've done with a mutilated dick, mate. But... <laughs> Any chance you can swap it out for me, you'd be furious. <laughs> They're testing out your versatility there, aren't you? It's quite a range. So, the dinner scene where um, Gloria, as you said, uh, pleases Jeremy under the table and the grandma makes homophobic comments took days to film and essentially Vince Vaughn said that she was like Ron Burgundy, so he would just feed her lines to see how far he could push her and she would just <laughs> say anything with a straight face. <laughs> So this was like towards the end of it where more and more he's just kind of really trying to push the line and that's what they kept. <laughs> so someone said to me, just quickly, someone said to me the other day, I was talking to someone about the pot, um, one of my bosses at work when we went, to play, we went to play golf and I was talking about how much I love the film. He just said Vince Vaughn is built for comedy no matter how much he doesn't want to be. And it's little bits like that. Like it's just the bloke is a genius. It, like he's a, he's a very good serious actor, but when he wants when he's trying to be funny, he's he's top he's he's up there on the top of the list for me. Yeah, I saw some quite. If you search him and just look at the latest kind of articles written about him, they're all quite scathing as to him as an actor, which is uh, harsh. The last thing I saw him in, I think, was Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, he's good in that. That and was I thought he was fantastic. When he... In that. Like 2017, maybe yeah, 2018. So. Actually, we did it on the podcast last week. Spoke yeah. about it, but they were saying that essentially the fact that he's doing things like True Detective shows that really nobody wants to cast him anymore. Is what <laughs> it's what they were saying. Not what I'm saying. And the, the internship was a 10 years too late attempt to um, cash in on wedding crashes. So there's that as well. I think the more the more pushback we get from the critics, the more we just fall in love with them. Fine. Yeah, exactly. I actually like I I I do like the internship. In fact, I watched it the other day, um, coincidentally. And I but I do get their point. If you make that, this is old five. If you make that two thousand and nine, it's probably it's a blockbuster for two reasons. A, it's got them inside the time frame that more people pay attention. Also, it being in two thousand and nine means they probably could have made it a little bit more risque. And could have made it closer to this. Yeah. I did actually realise that, as I said, that so sure, I got so excited about my intro that I forgot to do the critics' review, so I'll do that after we finish the trivia. Everything's been thrown out of loop. Hmm. So the last bit of trivia then, and this one caught me off guard, so off-screen, Christopher Walken's dark humour entertained the cast and at times baffled them. Someone remarked that they'd have liked to have met his wife if she'd been in the week before. And Walken said, um, she's still here, check the freezer. And <laughs> said everyone just looked at him 
like they couldn't believe what they were hearing and how horrendous <laughs> it was. <laughs> he's, so uh, I think he's quite. I think he's quite well known for having like for being quite a dark bloke. Mm. Probably a bit different hearing it for yourself, though. But would you I, not just laugh? Oh yeah, definitely. But even if you were like nervous about it, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. You'd imagine that the rest of the time he's just like a completely lovely bloke and he's got the charming voice and then that comes out of it and you're whoa, okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and it's whether he built into it, so having a chat about seeing your wife maybe was, wasn't the time they were expecting his dark humour to come out. Uh, I mean, if he's been married for as long as he has, it's probably the time it is going to come out. She wasn't there, so <laughs> maybe she was in the freezer. <laughs> Critics reviews then, a couple to go through. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are enormously funny. Excellent. The, fr- the frat pack goes from strength to strength, easy for me to say, mm-hmm. in a robust romp that's only marred by the director's apparent inability to say cut. Mm. It's good, but it's no Anchorman. Oof. Sadly, in spite of its cast and seemingly can't miss premise, Wedding Crashes is at its best a succession of mild chuckles. They really aren't too. Uh, these easy. people, this, these people need to get a new job. We've got it all Operating wrong. on the principle that lame verbal and visual gags are funny if the audience is repeatedly pummeled with them, Wedding Crashes sorely lacks a strong script and the kind of inventive direction worthy of its not untalented leads. A bawdy summer comedy for adults and mature teens, this movie features rapid-fire dialogue and sincere affection between best friends, lead, best friend leads, and strong chemistry between the actors who portray them. Great acting, hilarious gags, and great writing, it actually lives up to the hype. Vince Vaughn can mix rampant acts of comic zeal while the script around him crumbles in a movie that loses its thrust like a cat caught in traffic. <laughs> and finally, what what should have been an absolutely raucous and no-holds-barred lusty farce is nothing but lame-ass, safe, predictable, lowest common denominator, no-last garbage. This was actually part of the kind of legend of the film, so we say, that critics did slate it completely. But then, as we said, it did go on to get due over 200 million at the box office. So... It all worked out, and it is one of the things that we've spoken about previously, where the critics' reviews really mean very little if it's funny. Yeah, exactly. As long as you can get some people in the door to start the word of mouth spreading, then you're golden. Yeah. And one of them saying about the target audience essentially being teens, young adults, that's, it seems to be that any sort of film of that genre, they're going to hate but they're going to have enough of an audience that they're going to make a lot of money anyway. So what happened was they did the first audience screening and it was seen they must have done critics or something because people hated it and they insisted and put it out anyway. But when it came round to it, what shocked them was the demographic and there are a lot of middle-aged divorced women that were going to see the film. And so it appealed to literally all of the markets because it had that romantic comedy side, it had the lad comedy side, shall we say, and so that's why it cleaned up and did so well. Yeah. Oh, nice. 
it's got a 75% tomato meter and 70% audience score, so... I just take I take less and less notice of it. I know we do it. We we put it in for the pod, but there was a time <laughs> where I would there was a time where I would have paid attention to it. Um, I, I trust take, IMDb more than Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I just pay less and less attention to it. It seems like I think when we spoke to JB, he he said it quite nicely. He said they're just they're getting harsher and harsher because they want people to read. And the, yeah. the thing about the yes. thing about Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes now is. It doesn't. There's no. It's not done on like a timeline or in chronological order. It can be the last review. That it's, the last review given might end up being the one that's most read, for example. Yeah. So it's someone looking back after the fact. Well, even more so on Twitter now because technically everyone's a movie critic, so the people who actually are movie critics probably do have to differentiate themselves from the pack. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you do that. You do that in one of two. I think you do that in one of two ways. You do it by sensationalism, be it just scathing reviews. Or you do it with the way, and again, yeah, it's, it's mainly just sensations. You change the way you write so that it looks quite highbrow. But the easiest way to do that is by being negative. Yeah. Yeah, which one of you's rustling today? It's like having a prime Sean shoot on here. Hmm. It's not me, in, but it's not. It's not me. Could easily be that household. Might be something in the air in Bolton. Anyway. No, no. Rewatchability then. So, does the runtime at all put this off being as rewatchable as other films we've done, or no impact for you? To go against what we said completely before, where we aim for that hour and a half, not at all. This doesn't even feel like two hours to me watching it. It is literally just under two hours, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Just, I think that's testament to how good the film is. That yeah. it feels like one of the films we talked about that you know bang on an hour and a half. So I I do agree. I, so I agree in a way because I had no problem sitting down and watching it last night, and I enjoyed it from start to finish. There are a couple of there are there is probably five ten minutes you could chop, and I don't think it makes makes a difference at all. But I think I'm only I'm only thinking that now because I when I'm watching films for the pod, as it's one of the questions we ask, I look at it and see if there are any bits that I could get rid of. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's probably me being overly critical, but I I did I. Like I say, runtime. I agree with CK. It didn't feel like two hours as I was watching it last night. I think my understanding of it would be is that they're trying to keep it as being as human a film as possible, in that they don't. I mean, even they do have punchlines, even through the kind of connecting scenes where they're trying to make Vince Vaughn and Wilson relatable and the other characters. Yeah, but they do also still bring the laughs there, so they're probably trying to find a bit of a way in for both. It kind of shows you how good the film is that they're able to make that balance because if you listen to previous weeks we've talked about we've often had a film going up against each other where one has been a little bit more forcing a story upon you and a journey and the other one as we've said often is just kind of a group of skits thrown together and into an hour and a half film and invariably we tend to have chosen the latter rather than the former because yeah. we just like the gags and it's funny. Whereas they've managed to nail the balance on this one. You can see that they really weren't too confident with it because they tried cutting the budget for it during filming. And so that scene where Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams go out on the bike ride. So that was supposed to be kind of a far bigger scene on the beach. And I think they were supposed to do the whole lot of a date and it'd be a bit more highbrow there. But essentially the director got them both in on a Saturday on their day off, took two bikes out of a van and said, 
I need to get my senior, so they're going to make the most of what they can get. And so that was the end result, and it actually worked quite well. Jeez. So there you go. If we go on to the quotes then, which, I mean, there's a lot of them, so I don't <laughs> know if one of you wants to kick us off. Keenan, we'll go to you first, as always. Okay, let me just get my notes up. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just go chronologically. Her name is Chastity. She is white trash, like you. Hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> Even his later apology for calling him a hillbilly is hilarious. I don't know. He doesn't really say anything, is it? It's just hilarious. Get out. And he goes, white trash. Hillbilly. Um, <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it every time. Vince Vaughn. In the opening, I mean, weddings have to be fun. Who cares? Good band, bad band. There's music in the air. I mean, with just a couple of kids who like to fuck, trying to make it honest, the real enemy here is the institution of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said to TK that in hearing, you know, they say we only use ten percent of our hearts, like uh, of our brains. I think we only use ten percent of our hearts. Yeah, I used that as a Tinder bio for a while. No success, but that might have been more due to my pictures than uh, that of the line. line. For the second round, what we're going to do is uh, each film, you have to come up with the most appropriate Tinder bio from a quote in that film. And it can be as outrageous as you want, or it can be as nice as you like, but that'll be something we'll bring in next round. Okay. I'll be there if this does get through. Um, We we mentioned the rape scene. Jeremy saying I didn't get a lot of sleep last night on the soft mattress. It could have been a soft mattress or the midnight rape or the nude gay art show that took place in my room. One of those probably added to the lack of sleep. <laughs> Vince Vince Vaughn again with Don't you wanna don't you wanna meet some Latin guy going grind up on you, make you feel dangerous? I'm sure you'd love to be free. Maybe go out and meet some Latin guy that can dance, grind up on you, make you feel dangerous but also safe. And how about you? Don't you want to get inside chastity without having to wonder if everyone's going to find out? God, wouldn't that be sweet? Wouldn't that be nice? And have some Latin guy sweating all over you, talking to you in languages you don't understand, needing you, wanting you, taking you? All we're trying to say is, put your swords away for a second. Let's finish this and let's move on. Get out there and get some strange ass. Could you give her a glass of water so she can take that? Hey, John, that's weird. That glass looks half full to me. Wow. Now that you mention it, it is half full. But also safe. Don't you want to get in cha- get inside chastity without wondering if anyone's going to find out? The bloke just goes, ah, that would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> have you have some guy talking to you in languages you don't understand? Wanting you, taking you, needing you. Oh, it's a, it's a phenomenal film. Well, he's yeah. have some Latin guy sweating all over you. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I also like... Uh, all the time, are we? All the time, I'm just wondering, are we going to get hopped up enough to make some bad decisions? Play a little ge- little game called Just a Tip, just for a second. You <laughs> see, see if you like it, or ouch, ouch, you're on my hair. I've got the perfect girl for you. 
Janice, I apologize to you if I don't seem real eager to jump into a forced, awkward, intimate situation that people like to call dating. I don't like the feeling. You're sitting there, you're wondering, do I have food on my face? Am I eating? Am I talking too much? Are they talking enough? Am I interested? I'm not really interested. Should I play like I'm interested, but I'm not that interested? But I think she might be interested, but do I want to be interested? But now she's not interested. So now all of a sudden I'm getting, I'm starting to get interested. And when am I supposed to kiss her? Do I have to wait for the door? Because then it's awkward. It's like, well, good night. Do you do like the ass out hug? Where you like, you hug each other like this and the ass sticks out because you're trying not to get too close. You just go right in and kiss him on the lips. So don't kiss him at all. It's very difficult trying to read the situation. And all the while you're just really wondering, are we going to get hopped up enough to make some bad decisions and perhaps play a little game called just a tip just for a second just to see how it feels or ouch ouch you're on my hair okay okay can, can you can you put that so he, he can't see it and thank you hey janice great talk <laughs> <laughs> that whole little soliloquy does is amazing i've got I've, i had i had all of it but i thought i don't know how yeah so I'll, I'll i'll put it in thank you um, <laughs> Where John first mentions uh, Chaz, and he says he lived with his mum till he was 40. She tried to poison his oatmeal. And the one that stuck with me since we watched it, Jeremy saying, erroneous, erroneous, erroneous <laughs> on both times. <laughs> um, I actually wanted this to be your opening for the pod today, but it's wedding season, kid. And he claps his hands, and the response is, you sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> it was between uh, that or what you prefer, what, what would you prefer, Christmas or wedding season? Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to know everything there is to know about maple syrup. I like to take some and put it in my hair when I've had a bad week. Okay, what's our backstory? We're brothers from New Hampshire. We're venture capitalists. I'm sick of that. Let's be from Vermont. And let's have an emerging maple syrup conglomerate. Yeah, that's stupid. We don't know anything about maple syrup. I happen to know everything there is to know about maple syrup. I love maple syrup. I love maple syrup on pancakes. I love it on pizza. I like to take maple syrup and put a little bit in my hair when I've had a rough week. What do you think holds it up, Slick? It's the first quarter of the big game. You want to toss up a Hail Mary. I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. Grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. Look, we've been to a million weddings, and guess what? We've rocked them all. What do you think hold it, holds it up, Slick? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to be cowboys from Arizona or pimps from Oakland, but it's not Halloween. Grow up, Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> I think my other favourite was, um, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, okay. I'm not going to apologise, I'm a coxman. <laughs> <laughs> Waste your time on girls with hands, they tend to be very proper. Yeah? The proper girl in the hatches, I fuck the shit out of me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why don't you say a little louder? I don't think the priest hurt you. Look, John, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, okay? I'm not going to apologize. I'm a coxman. Tourette's. That is superb. Uh, girls with hats tend to be very proper. Well, yeah. He goes, yeah, but they are, the proper girl in the hat just always fucked the shit out of me just before he says it. Um, one of my favorite, which is just when they're talking at the wedding, he just goes, Rule number 76, no excuses, play like a champion. That's a, <laughs> that's a motto for life. I'll do on the lower back. Might as well be a bulldozer. <laughs> He's threatened by the way I dance. Why did I have to go show it off? <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. You're not that good a dancer. Oh, you and I both know I'm a phenomenal dancer. This is how I know you're lying. It's at the table when Christopher Walken is says, oh, you can never notice your moves and he nudges him under the table. <laughs> <laughs> see? You see? 
one that uh, never picks up on before when entering one of the weddings and Jeremy just says a phenomenal finger food. And I thought, <laughs> that really would make a great wedding. It does. <laughs> it's when, because it, it goes on, doesn't it? He's, uh, when they're at the reception, like, as you're walking around, if you see some crab cakes, grab me some. I'd love some. You know, I love crab cakes. Um, when they eat the cake together. <laughs> yeah. When, um, when they're playing football, almost all of it. <laughs> do, do you want the noise brought on you? What? The noise. <laughs> do you want it brought on you? Because here it comes. <laughs> uh, crab cakes and football, that's what Marilyn does. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. Everything to do with that scene. Um, even when uh, Owen Wilson turns around and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why is he always on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> but he gets it's like, like them, them two hits are like getting hit by fucking JJ Watt by the way <laughs> <laughs> he says, what are you doing it's a game of touch football and every time I look over you're on your ass again no it was like a couple of pussies um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call a sack lunch num 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 it's unreal <laughs> that's what we call a sack lunch num 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 <laughs> Um, like we said earlier, the 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 grant the grant. Honestly, F- oh FDR, what a wonderful president. He was a dog. The wife, Eleanor, huge dyke, a real rug puncher. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a big lesbian mule. <laughs> we lost a lot of good men out there. Playing for the Yankees. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like the fans. It goes unroot. So, yeah, we lost good men to trades and unruly fans. <laughs> <laughs> what, a hot older woman made you feel her can stop crying like a little girl? John, I need to talk to you. No, not right now. What's wrong with you? Why you got the weird look all over your face? Claire's mom just made me grab her hooters. Well, snap out of it. What, a hot older woman made you feel her cans? Stop crying like a little girl. I wasn't crying like a little girl. Why don't you try getting jacked off under the table in front of the whole damn family and have some real problems? Jackass. What were they like anyway? They look pretty good. Are they real? Are they built for speed or for comfort? What'd you do with them? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? <laughs> you motorboat and son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. Where is she? She's still in the house? What is wrong with you? <laughs> When you try getting jacked off under the table in front of the whole damn family and have some real problems, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit as well. He's, and then he just switches on him. He's like, Are they built for speed or comfort? What do you do with a motorboat? <laughs> motorboat, you motorboat. You old sailor, son of a bitch, you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Where is she? She's still in the house. <laughs> he goes, I'm going for a walk. He goes, Why don't you go enjoy yourself? Or I go, Ice my balls and spit out blood. Team player. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's still so many. John Sim, uh, I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. Grow up, Peter Pan. <laughs> you leave popular. There's some weird ones, like the ones that I love. <laughs> it's just like you leave me in the trenches taking grenades, John, after he's just got sh- after he's just been shot. Um, <laughs> Chaz's mum. I don't know why this is always stuck with me, but when he, when she walks in, when John walks in the house. And she just screams, pick up your fucking skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> it breaks me. What did you say, sort of like, uh, I nearly nunchucked the shit out of you? <laughs> I'm John Beckwith. I'm friends with Jeremy Gray. 
God damn it. Why didn't you say so? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. Let's see. Yeah. God damn you. I almost nunchucked you. You don't even realize. Ouch. Yeah. Is this your place? No. No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? Chaz, I think I'm okay. I, I had a bite right before I came over. Thank you. You sure? <laughs> grief, grief is nature's most powerful aphrodisiac. That's what you need. This, this guy is going to be sensational. I rode my bike over to a cemetery. A boyfriend just died. Died in a hang gliding accident. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got to go out uh, pronto. I've got a stage five clinger, stage five version clinger. <laughs> oh, it's unreal. Uh, Todd saying I don't meet, eat, eat meat or fish, and the grand reply he's a whole, <laughs> he's a homo. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy um, in the bathroom saying Gloria, please, I'm exhausted. On a very long day, I just sister's boyfriend dry hump me up and down the field laughing, and my legs kept bleeding. I'm really not in the mood for this. <laughs> And she switches on him. She just pours, just pours TCP in that way. One of my favourite Owen Wilson moments is uh, when she says, uh, "I saw you at the wedding. You were crying." He's, "Oh, you weren't supposed to see that. Now you probably think I'm a big pussy." <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson is there for the emotional connection on it, but Vince Vaughn is just there to be gold. Because like, I'm just reading my quotes. There's maybe one or two from Owen Wilson. Then it just goes Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn. A couple from <laughs> a couple from the ground, and then it's just it's just Chaz for the end of it. Um, that, is, that is erroneous to Owen Wilson. Yeah, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm not. Look at go through your quotes, and I guarantee you that I'm right. Um, I also like Mister Environment. Mister Environmental is also a hunter, and then Bradley Wilson speaks to. He says, "If you got a fucking because <laughs> <laughs> you got a fucking problem with that, he goes." Not as much as I do with your attire or, or general point of view towards everyone. <laughs> Let's go kill some. Let's go kill some birds. I'm psyched. The <laughs> certain about nicknames that always kills me. I had it, we had it last uh-huh. week with uh, the tubes, and this week uh, with a guy called Trap, and he's like Sackmaster. What for? Let's get back to the bar because he kept in my fiance again. I'll kill you. He says, uh, did, you did you see? Did you check out the rap on that bartender? He said, hey. You're the sack. She'll come to you. <laughs> he said, "Yes, she will. You're right." Oh God, he plays such. He plays such a good asshole. Yeah, he it. he's so good at it. You I know we've. Got... You carrying on? No, no, you go. You have a wedding or reception to seal the deal. Period. There's no overtime. <laughs> This is completely against the rules. You have a wedding and a reception to seal the deal. Period. There's no overtime. Oh, no overtime? No. What about the Chang wedding three years ago? Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I thought I forgot yeah. about that. 2 a.m., you drag me 50 miles to watch you and some chick play mahjong with her grandmother at a retirement home? Yeah, completely different situation. How? You mean how? She was a very, very family-oriented girl, and she was very into her grandmother. They're very family-oriented. Oh, give me a break. That was my first Asian. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. No overtime? What about the Chang wedding three years ago? 2 a.m. You're driving 50 miles to watch you and some chick play Mahjong with her grandmother in a <laughs> retirement home. He says, completely different situation. 
She's a very, very family orientated girl. I'm very into her grandmother. And that was my first Asian. <laughs> it's not, it's how he says it. It's just when he goes quiet, she goes, my first Asian. They all turn to stare at him. Yeah, I was, I was, I was happy shouting out the meatloaf at home. I, I might be confused if she hears me screaming that was my first Asian. Yeah, I, just, I just realized my window's open. I said that a little bit loud. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Um, when they're talking about it, just go back to the beginning, but when they're talking about the, the Mars as well, and he's like, I own those Mars. And she's like, you own them flight to Denver to meet your whore. And she goes, that's when she's caused a chest. And he goes, yeah, she's sexually liberated, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the suicide book, and he just, more than reading it, I glanced at it, but I borrowed it from a friend. <laughs> Don't worry about the book. <laughs> the bit that I make, the bit that I like is just before that is when he goes he's like oh, I'm getting married I want you to be my best friend he goes get out and he goes <laughs> he goes I thought you said I thought you said you were happy for me and then he just goes I mean I'm here reading I'm, re- I'm here reading don't kill myself books <laughs> we uh, mentioned Chaz uh, and, and the meatloaf which before we get into with uh, side characters, is there anything else to add before we go on to the other categories? Only little ones that I, they're only little ones that I like, but aren't that funny. So fire them out, rapid fire. All right, big three, four, hard. How many fingers am I holding up, Pepe? Come on, hold it. <laughs> nature versus nurture, large nature always wins. Um, Come rapid fire, I've got to scroll down the list. Charles is getting uh, told he's getting married in the same one idiot. Good, that's all for us. <laughs> what a reaction? His entrance after saying after saying he's he's about to nunchuck him, just saying, "Come here, brother, bring it in for the real thing." Um, <laughs> Jeremy talking to the priest when he goes, "The whole thing. If we if you can put that clip in, yeah, I'm not going to do it all. But when he's like, look, she's fuck, she's fucking crazy. And do you know what? Maybe <laughs> it turns me on. I dig it." And he goes, and just at the end of it, he goes, Do you know what? I love talking to you. You're a really enlightened cat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not, does, does this is more, I don't know if you've ever seen it, okay, but does, does this not remind you of Trent from Swimmers? I've not seen it. Lee, you've seen it. Yeah. It's like, he's just, he's just like, effortless. He's a slightly more adult version. Yeah, I've Jumping on tables. That's what I was thinking last night. Was he's just a slightly. This is like him ten years after the facts, but weirdly Trent. There's no way Trent ever becomes a divorce mediator. Um, <laughs> but he's just that big effervescent guy who just fills a room. And it would have been nice if, at some way, if it just for one of the lines, if they would have worked in the way for Owen Wilson to say something, and for Vince Vaughn just to reply by calling it money. Would have been well, nice. Part of the thing with swingers is by the end they're trying to show you that. Vince Vaughn is actually kind of the loser of the pair. Yeah, no, they don't. They, in this they one, they wouldn't even entertain the fact that Vince Vaughn's that because he's like the man of the film. Yeah. No, I know. It's just, it's more of the big, bouncy, bubbly energy. I think it's just Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's the thing. If you fade away from the character for a set, I think the common denominator between sort of three or four of the films he's in, old schools included, is that's just him. You know, the story that, I can't remember his name, but Dwight told us um, about about the strip club and stuff. It just seems to be that's Chris. Him. Chris. Yeah. yeah. Really, so- really sorry, Chris, if you listen to this. <laughs> no, I think that's me done, mate. Should we go on to the other categories? So, we've got best moment and scene. 
a montage scene where they've got Shout playing. Yeah. One of the greatest in cinema history. Sensational. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, if that doesn't get you pumped, you're not human. It's also, no offence to Lulu, but it's also the best version of that song, the Idy the Brothers song, the original. And it's no offence to Luke, and I thought, no, no, no. He offended me. It'll offend you, but he won't offend Lulu. We've got a line <laughs> on this pod. Yeah. She's a wonderful singer, Byron. Not so much. <laughs> hey, you've not heard me sing. Actually, you have last week, so you can say I'm a wonderful singer as well. You also sent me voice notes of you singing Afternoon Delight. That yeah, was exactly. a good version. It was. Good, so good's a word for it. <laughs> hey, we haven't got to your uh, Christopher Walken impression yet. Remember, that was part of your homework. Yeah, I've, I've actually put I've actually put quite a lot of effort into it, but I will <laughs> I will I will I actually have, but I will warn. I don't don't think it comes up to par. I've got other others in the locker. That is a tough one. That. that is a tough gig. I found it really hard. I was trying to find the yeah. right quote. Um. Is there any other contenders the best moment or scene, or is it a shoo-in for the montage? It's probably a shoo-in, but honourable mention goes to the opening. What opening you do is rustling like there's no tomorrow. I'm literally not moving. I I haven't moved since we oh, started. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I've literally not moved. Look at the listeners can't put up with it for. Uh, I also can't hear wedding crashes. All I say is, look at who's like Mike is lighting up. Yeah, and yours rustling. Incorrect. Erroneous. <laughs> it quite literally is yours. So, I mean, every time you try and find a way to slate me, it's, it's not nice. Breaking your balls. All the time. I mean, I put a lot of heart and soul into this, and this is, this is the thanks I get. Honourable mention to the opening scene. Yeah, I think that has to be in contention. Um, I've also got the football scene. Yeah. Um, probably the bedroom scene uh, between the Midnight Rape and Todd's new dark show. <laughs> Uh, I also, I, Chaz's intro, the scene at his mum's house, yeah. is just is just golden. Like uh, there isn't a bad, there isn't like a misplaced word. And then there's a couple of others, but they'd be my shouts, I think. Yeah, I think the Chaz intro scene was my shooting. I thought that would be the one that was the the shooting personally. Yeah, I get uh, it, that. That and the wedding, that and the wedding montage would be one, yeah. and, one and two. But I think it's got to go to the montage. I think it's just it's it's perfect. From Going to that wedding, does uh, John McCain get in the Rep Ryan Hall of Fame? <laughs> it's not. It's not the worst shout. It's in oh. the scene. It's a cameo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you, if you like, um, I'll let it marinate with you. <clears throat> also, does the mum end of the Leslie Man? Never a pressure. She is, she's pretty decent. You're thinking when when Owen Wilson was initially resistant, you're thinking, "What are you doing, son? You just carry on." When she says at the wedding, "We've been married for thirty years and we were faithful for two of them," <laughs> do you know what I mean? You think it well, away we go. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's because I mean she is, she is quite attractive. But I also think half of the chart or half of the reason behind it is because she is just filthy herself. Yeah, born in 1951. Yeah, but obviously we're going off wedding crashes, not now. No, I'm just just taking me back a bit. Yeah. No, I would have guessed that. Still going strong as well. She's English. Didn't know that either. Oh, I didn't know. Would you look at that? Born in Middlesex. Hmm. Her name is um, Jane Seymour, and apparently Owen Wilson was quite nervous about doing the scene where 
he uh, popped a Facebook. And <laughs> apparently for the whole day prior to filming, Vince Vaughn was walking around the set winding him up saying, uh, looks like you're going to see more of Jane Seymour. And he says, <laughs> she, she had to take him to one side and say, do you really think that's the first time I've heard that? <laughs> oh, wow. And he found it still just as funny and continued <laughs> for the rest of the day of filming. Uh, that's what I like to hear. There you go. Um, do I need to ask best side character? No. Do you just want to say it for the record? Big Chaz. Yeah. He gets it best. That's incredible. You've got to some incredible sort of performances in there. The likes of Bradley Keeper are, are brilliant sort of side characters. Yeah. And exactly. what they do. Chaz steals the show, but like Keenan said about the grandma, she can count. Um, even Christopher Walker, I know he's kind of a straighter character. His character is great. I, um, I enjoyed with um, Bradley And the Keepers. filthy mother. Yeah, when he says, uh, you want to help me out, do you? Be a kid, why don't you go get me a seven up? All right, <laughs> I might get vulnerable again. <laughs> uh, I like that... this, this specificity of a seven up. Agreed. I also like, um, just when they it's just, it's just the weird one when he's on the phone and it's like, oh no, she's still trying to save, still trying to save the world one, one sort of maladvantaged kid at a time. And it's like, but she'll cut all that shit out when we get married. I want a wife, not a fucking martyr. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it's just a per- perfectly, it doesn't even underpin it. Just perfectly out- outlines how much of a cunt he really is. Yeah, um, it's just just the bit, when he's talking as well about the, the he's like, oh, the wedding was boring, but the bachelor party unreal. We got a couple of the girls over, and it's just like I bang bang one of them at the bar, and then one of them back at mine. It's like wow. <laughs> um, Rachel McAdams at home. Oh no, this is graceful. It's that's Ben Affleck level mistake. <laughs> um, Gloria. As well as as a side yeah. character, I, I think yeah. Isla Perfect. Oh, sorry, Isla Fisher. Isla Perfect's not <laughs> too far out, not too uh-huh. far around, but Isla Fisher is perfect in this. Yeah, yeah I think she's really fantastic. Is. I rate her higher than Rachel McAdams, which might cause some uh, debate here. <laughs> There's no debate. You're just wrong. No, I'm correct. <laughs> no. <laughs> also, the fact that she's with Sasha Baron Cohen does give me the Jim Carrey dumb and dumber. So you telling me there's a chance? <laughs> um, I, I I do disagree, but I do think it, like in this film, Rachel McAdams, Rachel McAdams, like when she's in comedy films, it is very funny. But they give her she she's the straight role in this. Really, yeah, exactly. and then they let they give Isla Fisher license just to be sort of the wild freak. and wild, yeah, wild and crazy, and she does it perfectly. We've got a good pair of uh, two punches here with Rachel McAdams and Isla Fisher and then Zoe Deutsch and Aubrey Plaza. Mm. Yeah. Should we get on to Dirty Grandpa before we uh, round them off with the scoring at the end? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, then. Dirty Grandpa. So right before his wedding, an uptight guy is tricked into driving his grandfather, a lecturer for the Army Lieutenant Colonel, to Florida for spring break. Critics' reviews are not kind. <laughs> Incompetence combined with the occasional burst of disreputable laughter makes Dirty Grandpa oddly lively for a movie that's largely terrible. 
Keen to follow the Judd Apatow formula, crude gags plus big-hearted sentiment, Dirty Grandpa winds up losing the courage of his gross-out convictions, offensive in all the wrong ways. <laughs> it's a horrible message. The old are only interested when they're capable of aping the young. This is a movie that desperately wants to be a raunchy, politically incorrect, gross-out comedy. It gets as far as desperate. Nothing is rendered in a particularly funny or novel way. It's just crude, shocking statements. Therefore, the film isn't actually offensive because it's trying so hard to be a failing miserably. Be ashamed, Robert De Niro. Be deeply ashamed of every scene of Dirty Grandpa, a sleazy <laughs> comedy spurting unfunny jokes from a lot of time. <laughs> just say whoever wrote that can go fuck themselves. Kate Moore from the Times. No offence, Kate, but fuck you. Don't, <laughs> don't ever insult De Niro. <laughs> Dirty Grandpa a potential to be a good gross-out comedy, but it's mostly just gross. I found these attempts at humour to be completely humourless, stunned that De Niro or Efron would agree to be a part of this. If you have a group of friends interested in a ridiculous comedy, or you've ingested copious amounts of booze and pills, you'll probably have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad look for us that I was just going to I was just going to say and there we go <laughs> I stopped expecting greatness from De Niro many moons ago why he feels he has to be out there and rolls beneath him is a mystery but let's face it head on he shows plenty of exuberance and dirty grandpa and it doesn't look like he'll be stopping there we go that's, if, that's rough so that's as close to a good review as you get <laughs> if you want to compare you still um, try it so we had 1775 as the smart to meet audience score on wedding crashes. We've got um, 11% and 44% with uh, Dirty Grandpa. Oof. 11%, that's rough. Yeah. I do think the point, because I remember when I watched this for the first time, I couldn't believe that they got De Niro. Yeah. Like, I, I, like don't get me wrong. I, I've, I, got I, a, I've got a point on that, which might be a depressing sort of Say that's the last bit of trivia I've got, and I've got an interview actually about it. So, nice. Aubrey Plaza, who plays a 21 year old college student, was actually 31 when the film was released. Oh. We said about Isla Fisher, so Zach Efron performed all of his own nude scenes except for one embarrassing beach sequence. Director John Phillips states on the commentary that it is one of the most expensive scenes to make in the film as that wasn't actually nude at all and wore flesh-coloured briefs, which were edited out post-production. A stunt penis was also placed over his crotch using CGI for the split-second frames where he was most exposed. Phillips mentioned that when the restricted German trailer was released to the internet, there was a community of online fans trying to grab frames of the actor's penis. Subsequently, it turns out this is actually the one nude scene in the film that isn't him. Blimey. I know you've made it then when people are freeze-framing you. <laughs> uh, the screenplay was featured in the 2011 blacklist, a list of the most liked unmade scripts of the year. The Florida Spring Break, spring break beach scene, Christ, that was hard to say, <laughs> was shot in Tybee Island, Georgia. Jeff Bridges and Michael Douglas were considered for the role of Dick Kelly, De Niro's role. Blimey. I'd back Jeff Bridges to do it more than Michael Douglas, but. Jeff Bridges looks a bit more like a sleazeball than De Niro, <laughs> which might take away from the actual role. Oh, Michael Douglas does a good turn in it. 
I mean, he's he's almost playing himself, like yeah. going back 20 years ago when he was dating <laughs> quite a young Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> um, this, to me, feels like one of them like where you're trying to make an excuse for when her mum asked why, but Aubrey Plaza has said that she accepted the role of Lenore because it was different from the characters she usually played and because she wanted to engage in physical comedy. He certainly does that. The first of two back-to-back films starring Zac Efron and Aubrey Plaza. The second is Mike and Dave and his wedding dates, which is a lot more forgettable than this, but not bad for an hour and a half. Um, so Aubrey Plaza spoke about the sex scene with Robert De Niro and says it pretty much took an entire day of filming. Probably, you would think here that for all of what it may seem, you've never heard of an actor that's done a sex scene with Jessica Alba or Megan Fox or whatever and has said anything along the lines of that was actually really fun to film. It's more about how awkward it always is. This one says that there was nothing specifically scripted to occur, so it was probably even more awkward. And the director said he would essentially give Aubrey Plaza a number of different ideas to try and see what worked. At one point, he suggested that she suck on Robert De Niro's nipples. Which is a thing you would think no one would suggest if they valued their life, it says here. So, And it turns out that Robert De Niro really doesn't like that. She said he was batting me away and I didn't know if like it was in character or not, because you never know with him. They kept the camera, the director's called me to one side and said, uh, Bob does not like his nipple area paid attention to. Do not do that. Uh, wow. There you go. That's absolutely launching her under the bus as well, isn't it? Like, <laughs> why, 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 yeah, love, why don't you give her a go? Hold on, no, no, no. We we said he don't like that. Come back. <laughs> when Bob's um, talking to him, I don't know why she did that. She's a fucking weird on me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bobby. Do you want to call you Bobby? Um, <laughs> like, the, like the not the not scripted thing. Like you say, everyone always says it's it's awkward, but at least when it's at least with some choreography. Yeah. You know, you know, you're trying to hit point A and point B, and then let's get the fuck out of here um, and move on. But if it's if it's not scripted and they're just giving you some loose ideas, geez. you're doing them dirty, really, aren't you? So, right, yeah. go, just go and do something weird. Okay, great. <laughs> do, you, do you think? Excuse me. The actresses have just realised that nature may well take its course because it's going to be hard to film a scene like that for an extended period of time and the drawbridge yeah, my only, is up. The only hope is is that De Niro's of an age that it takes a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. in I'm thinking in general for Oh in in general terms filmed yeah. in general terms you've got to have an apology ready. You've got to, you've got to be ready to apologise for getting excited or surely you've got to apologise if you don't get excited. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing an interview with um, Kate Beckinsale which said her bloke at the time was directed and she had a sex scene with Colin Farrell. And supposedly, he just kept, obviously, kept uh, getting excitable about it and just kept having to apologise. <laughs> what a yeah. horrible scenario. That'd be total recall on it. The That'd be the one, remake. yeah, that's it. Not actually bad. I think I'm pretty sure that got slated there. Yeah, I saw that in the cinema, actually. Yeah, same. Um, this might be a bit depressing then. So, Ileana Douglas, who played Rosie in Goodfellas, was asked why De Niro took a role like the one in Dirty Grandpa. She said, there's talk about De Niro walking through roles just collecting the money, and I do think that's true. 
I've heard from financiers that if you have the money, De Niro will be in anything. And he just seen, and that seems to have checked out. He knows the gig's very, very much up, and he's getting to the finish line. Yeah, fair. I also, I mean, he also had a divorce that he had to pay for, uh, probably about this time. Um, Jeez. I thought it was interesting to note that he did no promo for this film. Like he was excused from it, the whole promotional run, which suggests maybe he wasn't as proud of it as <laughs> as you'd like to think. Or at seventy something years old, he didn't fancy trekking around the globe, which is also inexcusable. I like. I do get like. I if it's an excuse, like the blog is such a legend. And he's one of the best actors of it, like that I've seen in my lifetime. Right? Um, What's your favourite De Niro role? Uh, um, I don't know. Sorry, I, <laughs> I can't put. I want to say Jimmy and Goodfellas, but then I don't know if I, I don't know if that's quite true. But it's my favourite film, so I think that adds weight to it. I really like him in Mean Streets. Um, I really like him in Mean Streets. Once Upon a Time in America, fucking unbelievable in that. It's, I know the driver. Yeah, I yeah. I I like. I don't like that film as much as everyone else does, but um, it, like he's good in it. it takes a while to get to what you're waiting for. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Goth, Godfather Two, where he plays a young Vito. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> post, post that. If this happens to be wedding crashes, give me some time to think on it. We'll come back. Do you have a quick answer for that one, TK? Godfather Part Two was was good, just because it's, it's a hard role to do. And bearing in mind, in that he's largely just speaking Italian in it, so you're going off the subtitles, and yet he's still superbly accent. I'm leaning towards that. I was I was thinking Taxi Driver initially though as well, even though. I don't think it's his necessarily his best film. I think his role in that is really good. I just like the shot at the end with him putting the finger gun to his head. Covered mm. in blood. Um, so that's as far as the, the trivia goes. If we go on to the quotes, and I think it was TK I said last night, um, I don't think anyone needs to hear, hear us reading out some of these Aubrey Plaza quotes. <laughs> I don't think anyone needs that, but we'll go for it anyway. So the whole final scene of the film with her saying, tell me you've fallen, you can't get up, tell me who's got better under Eisenhower. <laughs> we like Ike. Um, yeah. She says, are you coming or dying? He says, I'm not sure, maybe both. <laughs> that same um, scene is when she says, I like your pull-out couch and he says, well, I've got news for you. It's the only thing that's going to be pulling out tonight. <laughs> Just before um, that, she says she found a word as original. <laughs> Um, from the just the, the top of the list at the funeral scene, yeah, it sucks dick about grandma. Uh, th- they murdered her. Fucking sucks dick about grandma, huh? Yeah. Old woman fucking murdered like that. Nick, she had cancer. That's what they want you to think. She had cancer for 10 years. A little too convenient, Jason. No, it's not. It all. We'll never know the truth. We absolutely know the truth. Yeah. Grandma had cancer for 10 years. You don't just die from cancer, Jason. It's a conspiracy, man. Just like 9 <laughs> <laughs> 11. She, 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 she had cancer. 
we'll never know the truth. I mean, if we, <laughs> Zach Efron scores, I mean, we absolutely will know the truth. She had cancer <laughs> for 10 years. Um, I just blew a shot in grandma's memory. Absolutely murdered me. Like, it killed me last night. <laughs> um, crop dusting motherfucker. We're both high at grandma's funeral. We're bonded for life. <laughs> De Niro saying I'd... Go on. So, sorry, I was going to say, De Niro saying I'd rather let Queen Latifah shit in my mouth from a hot air balloon. <laughs> so that's just me. <laughs> that would be some accuracy. Yeah. Him saying we're going to thunderfuck, I don't actually know what that means. I'm not sure I want to know. But that whole exchange, her saying, you're going to tsunami on my face and if you're going to die while you're eating me out, I want your last breath. And so on. <laughs> That's just. That whole scene that Cody's saying, and all that just sweats. <laughs> <laughs> Jason saying, well, how do I look? And, uh, like the keynote speaker at a butt fucking convention. <laughs> De Niro with holy shit, you're really gay. <laughs> but I go, you know, I'm also, you know, I'm also black. He goes, yeah, I know. That's also funny. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we're heading out. Yeah. Good to see you. Going to Daytona Beach for the week. Oh my god, and we should have been there like three fucking hours ago. So let's go, bitches. Holy shit. What? <laughs> Nothing. You're just really gay. <laughs> Oh, am I? Thanks, Captain Gator. Jesus, you know I'm also black, right? Yeah, I know. That's funny, too. So you guys want to tag along for a bit, maybe? Party some babies into us? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Why? We have a uh, very important tea time. Uh, of course you do. And you also take a nap before you play Mahjong? No, it's shuffleboard, shuffleboard. and then early dinner at four. We have a long-standing bet. Who's the better golfer? Obviously, I've got the bigger three-wood. Good. Maybe you can use it to hit your balls right into my vagina. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, We're going inside now. Bye, Professor. Thanks for lunch. My favorite quote in the film was um, Jason saying, I'm, I'm sorry, Grandpa. I didn't expect it, uh, you to be doing that. So you caught me taking number three. Here's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got the I've got the bigger three wood. Good. Maybe use it to hit your balls into my vagina. Um, <laughs> when he's talking about uh, Zach Efron on the golf course, those women, he basically just <laughs> says he's obviously retarded. And he's like, we used to let him out on his own, but the rape got so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I also like it just a, just a little one in that scene where she giving the golf golf lesson. He goes, he goes. Lean on my shaft. No, the, the shaft. <laughs> I'm a licensed golf pro. Do you mind if I show you? Yes, please. <laughs> Maybe bend over a little bit. Yeah, that, that feels about right, doesn't it? Hands on my shaft. Up the shaft. <laughs> Let me just get my finger in there. One, two, three. Uh, <laughs> the greatest gift a grandson can give his grandfather is a hot college girl who wants to have unprotected sex with him before he dies. <laughs> and... You're like some sort of pop-blocking Terminator sent back from the future to block humans. The robot should have sent you into the Arnold Schwarzenegger. You could have blocked John Connor's parents. He never would have been born. Yeah, um, Jason, I want to fuck. I want to fuck until my dick falls off. <laughs> it takes a really weird turn. I want to fuck a horse and drink its blood. Um, <laughs> you right, still Sorry, mate. Go on. Sorry, it starts calling him a cop. You're a cop-blocking Terminator. Are you still Jenny from the cop? <laughs> weirdly weirdly that's the exact quote I was about to read out. Uh Gary play it with my balls. Fred couple of dicks in my ass uh, on the golf course's class. 
<laughs> um, relax, this is Florida. Everything is a licensed gun range. And just say, go on. They go on. He goes, he just goes, he's like, oh, you shot for a, you just shot for a wall. There are pedestrians out there. Again, it's Florida. These people don't matter. <laughs> so you're gonna have, uh, you're the one that's gonna have to watch out. You might get Oreoed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, uh, I'm saying, uh, you want some of that drink, some of that purple, Olympic <laughs> <laughs> drink. <laughs> Some of this is going to feed my kids. Some is going to get me a blowjob from the toothless hooker behind the dumpster at McDonald's. <laughs> I don't actually think I have anymore. I think uh, Aubrey Plaza was right in that she does get to do some physical comedy in it. Yeah, she certainly does. Um, no, I don't know. Um, that Pam does have a couple of great lines. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's doing the DJ thing. He's like, I happen to know he smoked crap last night. These push-ups are fueled by the devil's candy. <laughs> um, Danny Glover, Rex Ryan. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. I mean, he's only in one scene. Yeah. And he also has a quote that I like. Is is he is he here to scissor with me? Uh, leave me. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes on to say, leave me your beautiful lesbian grandson so he can blow up to death. <laughs> the abuse Zac Efron gets in this film is it's superb casting because he would... Obviously, he would never be normally like this square, just get this much abuse about how he looks, and yeah, he gets hammered for the whole film. He gets he gets a lot of stick about looking like a lesbian. Yeah, like, yeah. That's <laughs> basically the theme of it is <laughs> he looks like a lesbian, and people just absolutely battering for it for nine minutes. De Niro throwing fat jokes at uh, one jock <laughs> for the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> An athlete, uh, seriously? It, it just goes when uh, they like, "Oh, we're thinking about going to play a." Uh, we play a lacrosse or conference. Which one? The diabetes conference. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these cunt punches? These are our friends that we met on the way down. Yeah. That's Cody and Bra. They're on the lacrosse team at Florida. This guy plays lacrosse? Oh, conference, bra. Yeah, which one? The fucking diabetes conference? <laughs> All right, we'll see you up yeah. there. Mm. Come to the hotel. By the pool. Georgia, stop! Can we please just go? We've got boyfriends. Those meat thick fucks, they're not their boyfriends. They're just seniors. And they're all just terrified and speed fucking each other before the ship goes down. Didn't you ever go on spring break? No, I didn't go to spring break because I was studying for law school. Besides, I can't chug alcohol anymore like you used to, Grandpa. I developed like a gag reflex. A gag reflex? Yeah. You're chugging a beer, not taking down a horse cock, Jason. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's about going to model and he's like, really? <laughs> he calls him Edward Chisholm. <laughs> <laughs> when they're chugging the beers, like, yeah, you've been chugging brass cunt for years. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, just uh, just in general, actually, but the word you fat fuck will never fail to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, even when, like, I mean, I laugh at anything that people call me because it's funny, but. I mean, if some, whenever someone calls me a fat fuck, it just makes me laugh without fail. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, a gag reflex. You're chugging a beer, not taking down a horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's well, the best scenes, best moment yeah. slash scene. Yeah. For me, I think it is the, from when they get to the beach to when they have the, um, like, founding competition celebrated and that kind of rolls into the party with him doing the Macarena. Yeah, it's fair. Right, it, 
imagine still counts if it ended to when he wakes up on the beach. So I'd imagine you class the beach scene as a separate scene, really. Yeah, yeah. with the FaceTime and the swastikas, etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, the f- I've got the funeral. Se- I've got the opening again. The funeral scene all the way to when they get to the diner. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe before the funeral scene to when they get in the car. So De Niro's entrance entrance, and then it flicks over to. Him meeting De Niro for the first time, or seeing De Niro in the house yeah. for the first time. Sorry, um, De Niro doing Ice Cube. That yeah. whole, <laughs> na- na- um, na- naming Wu Tang, and then let's go to him doing the- De Niro's question about the N word, uh, and then him, <laughs> hit him doing um, him asking whether he can say it whilst he's whilst he's doing Ice Cube. Um, and I don't know <laughs> we. All the reviews saying about how it was too desperate to offend. That was like the final straw. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. This is absolutely what I'm do. <laughs> yeah, even like I mean, even even as I was watching, I was thinking that nah, this is like rewatching. You thinking that nah, I said this isn't great. Yeah. Um, the I've also got the the role playing scene, the end scene, um, just when from when he gets back to then she from when she says you're a hard man to track down, professor, to the end of the film. I think she is. She's comedy gold in that. Mm. That's why it's your favourite scene. <laughs> no, I've got it up there. It's not my favourite scene. Um, <laughs> if it, let's be honest, if it if that what if it was my favourite scene, that wouldn't be the reason. But she she is she is very very good in that. They just like you say they must have they've given her the ideas and then they've just asked Nero to to sort of take to follow her lead. Um, she does very well with it. CK suggesting there for the Leslie man. What were we part of it? I did not. Erroneous. I I would argue very Deutsch over Aubrey Plaza as well, so yeah, I have I... the unpopular opinion on both films. No, I agree. I think that's fair. She gets fitter as that film goes on as well, strangely. Yeah, she does. By the end of it, you're like, oh my god, she's unbelievable. I don't know if each film I see her in, I think that it's kind of unusual to see her in that kind of role. And then you look down her IMDb, and she essentially... that kind of roles. Yeah, because <laughs> I really liked Why Him with uh, James Franco. Never seen it. You'll like it, but she's in, she's in that as well. She's actually in Zombieland Part 2 as well. Never seen that either. I like yeah. the first one. Takes advantage of Jesse Eisenberg. But... She is good. Yeah. Again, they let her be. They let her out of the two women. They let her play the straight role, and let Aubrey Plaza go wild, which she does. Yeah. It's a fucking fantastic affair. <laughs> Let's be this honest. This is part of the thing with um, her and that kind of role. You do get these people that essentially have a role as an actor, where they don't really have to do much acting. She essentially just says everything in probably her own voice and that's her role in the film. She's not really having seen... a role there. Yeah. Sure she's seen... not having to pretend to find Zac Efron attractive. <laughs> yeah, let's be fair. I mean, um, to be fair to him, he looks an absolute dime in this film. <laughs> <laughs> like, he charmed you in that suit with De Niro. Uh, he actually did, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I really like that scene. A little bit of D-Martin playing over, playing over top. Um, <laughs> he looks like an absolute don. Um, 
Yeah, again. But I mean, it's I actually sort of think obviously the physical comedy and stuff. But if you, if you ever like listen to, if you listen to an interview with Aubrey Plaza, she's very quirky anyway. So again, it's just her own voice, and I mean, it's own. I I don't know. Obviously, some of it is completely outrageous, but some of it you sort of think, nah, this could just be her from what you hear of her. <laughs> Um, but I don't, I, I don't really have an out and out winner for best scene. To be fair, Tico, any, any? I, I do think potentially the party scene, the whole thing. One minute he's saying how he smoked crack, next we'll chant in <laughs> USA. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give you the party scene. I've also got the like the funeral scene as well. I really like. Um, I do, do really like it. It might, it could well be that, in just in terms of, because. The whole way I, which I originally stumbled upon this film, uh, I think my stepbrother was watching it, and I remember thinking, De Niro, this top film, the sort of the years he's had, I thought, this is going to be garbage. And within the first five minutes, I was thinking, this is hilarious. This has got me reeled in. I watched this on a plane for the first time. Oh, wow. I watched it at the cinema. <laughs> and the reason I watched it was because basically it was buckled else on this selection on, on the plane. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I thought I would do. And I was trying to, I don't really sleep on planes, but I thought, well, if this is terrible, it might help. But <laughs> it, 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 even if it's good, when you, like when Byron gave us the synopsis, you, you know it's not exactly going to be the mo- the thinking man's film. So you <laughs> think, well, it's just, it's just that it'll be an easy watch. And I quite yeah. liked it. Do you think that both De Niro and Pacino both see the films each other are making and kind of, at least I'm not doing that. <laughs> 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 they're raising each other. They're like, you know what? You thought you could go bad. I'll go fucking worse. Than well, you. to give it his customary mention, De Niro's gone. I haven't made a Jack and Jill yet, so we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you? Have I? I've told you. I think I mentioned it on one of the pods about Pacino, where he he just now enjoys taking trying to make yeah. average films better. Whereas I don't. So I, I that might just be a line he's spinning. So people he's not keep doing giving a fantastic work. job, and I do <laughs> love Pacino, but yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just the line he's spinning though so people keep giving him work because they think he's actually putting a shift in and in reality he's just there to take the check but <laughs> I do quite like the fact that De Niro's face up with it and he's just like look I'm Robert De Niro pay me and I'll do it um, I, I don't De Niro like... in this is, is like uh, Carlos Vela going to the MLS he goes in there and he's the big dog and he does make it work it's a revelation yeah I think I like, again obviously this isn't doesn't even crack the top 10, maybe top 15 of the roles he's done. Heat. Sorry. Heat. That's my favourite De Niro role. Um, okay. Just to keep the comparison up, uh, Pacino in uh, Jack and Jill is more like uh, Nigel Rio Coco going into the MLS. <laughs> You've really done your homework on the MLS this week, haven't you? He's, he's yeah, enjoying well, that, hasn't he? I've said, I've said the story before when... Uh, the place we both used to work at, and I spoke with uh, Nigel Rio Coco's cousin about yeah. his stint in the MLS. <laughs> we had you a had check Tioto and check Tioto's wife, RIP. On your first day, wasn't it? Thursday on the phones. I hadn't been there very long, yeah. They were. It was at the time where he was linked with the speculation of moving to Arsenal. If I'd have had a bit more bother about him, I should have asked him where the house, where he was trying to buy a house. I can tell you now. The urban legend of that story has gone in your favour because while I was told the story, I was told that uh, you asked out of interest, "Where's this money? Where's this house for?" And he said Newcastle, 
and so everyone knew you were staying. So the story's gone <laughs> in your favour over time. <laughs> 100% I didn't I'd only been in my job I'd only been in my job about a week about a week and a half no, well, I'm like, telling you this, the story as it was told is that you asked him I definitely didn't tell if you he was staying story. or not so <laughs> there you go no I, I then it wasn't me who told you that story mm-hmm. no, no I'm not, I'm not saying it was you I'm saying no, I know. if the story was told then it's kind I, of gone in your favour <laughs> through yeah. time no definitely I was 18 I, de- I didn't I didn't have those, those, those sort of stones about me We've we've mentioned them here, but just kind of as a passive one. Who is the biggest dime in the bracket? Uh, I need to go back and look. I've forgotten half of them. Brie Larson gets an honourable mention. I know she's not the one, but I really like Brie Larson. As I've You'd imagine Mila Kunis is the one seed, but I do think there is scope for an upset there. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is. Rachel McAdams has got to be top. Top four seeded, I am up. I think she's someone you want to avoid in the first round. You certainly you do. You don't want smoke off her at any point, unless unless you unless you are Mia Kunis. Um, Amber Heard's recent revelations mean her draft stock might have dropped quite significantly. <laughs> so you could probably pick her up late first round, and hopefully you've got the coaching team to turn her around. But yeah, I sort of think she'd she'd be closer to Michael Vick than than, than turning, <laughs> turning it round. I know he had a good few. I know he had a good few years in the NFL, but but at the end, we said you got Ola Fisher, Zoe Deutsch, Aubrey Plaza, Rose Byrne in there for bridesmaids, and uh, she's in bad neighbours, is not she? Yeah, that's not in the bracket though. Well, to be fair, out in the end of it. Yeah. Huh. So I watched it a day after and said, oh, "I feel so great about this now." That's a good film. Um, yeah, Rose Byrne, actually spicy as well. Um, Emma Stone, Nadia, Nadia, Shannon Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> forgotten about, forgotten about American Pie. Oh, what's her name again? Um, Kim Bauer. Forgot the actor's name. Girl Next Door. You're not helping me out much here. Kim Bauer, is that the name of the character in Girl Next Door? Yeah, Alicia oh. Cuthbert. She's in old school. Do you know who Alicia Cuthbert is? Oh, not off the top of my head. She's the teenager in uh, old school. Ah, uh, yeah, I know it is now. It's like Boss's Daughter or something. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah, she's Kim Bauer in 24, so there you go. Just oh. more of a passing, I'm not sure. You might get Shall in trouble we... if we did an actual bracket of that. Yeah, I think we definitely do. Hey, um, appreciation. Yeah, I think there's just no way we can appreciate it through both without sounding incredibly, <laughs> incredibly misogynistic, <laughs> especially when we're, we're just arguing up. And more, more importantly, fucking very, very shallow. So, best side character, is it Pam? Yeah. Or is it... Or is, is Aubrey Plaza a side character or not? I'd That's it, isn't so. it? I think she probably is, in which case she might steal that. But I do love Pam. Pam is a great side character. Uh, I and... love it each time when the police officer says, that is classic Pam. <laughs> <laughs> the two coppers do a good turn as well, and I really, I really like the jail scene. Um, oh, quotes, can't believe I forgot it. Would you like to be sodomised by a guy with a mental age? <laughs> <laughs> Call Boba with the mental age of a seven-year-old, or would you like to be shipped 
by the same by the same guy. Let me know what time works. <laughs> Let me know what time works for you. Even the whole sandwich scene where he's taking his whole orders out and he's like, No, this is this is a jail. <laughs> um I I actually didn't so Pam went to the top of my list last night as I didn't I didn't consider Lenore as a side character in my head. But now that you've raised the question, I'd say yeah, probably she is. So I think she gets I mean, my she she gets my so vote. Even even still, we've got to be honest here because whether we take Aubrey Plaza there or not, it is up against Chaz yeah. in the same <laughs> category. So it's, it's largely inconsequential. So correct, but it's more for, we, it's more for the record. Yeah, if we go into the comparison, then let's break these down and see what we come out with as the scorecard. So, which did you prefer? Do I need to ask? I'm not sure you do. Just for the sake of it, if you... Uh, wedding crashes? Yep. Yes, sir. Rewatchability. Wedding crashes. Wedding crashes, but I did think that your grandpa did have some rewatchability to it. As Keenan said about his flight, not too difficult to watch. It is also... I mean, it might have helped the case here for the rewatchable if it was a bit shorter but it's about an hour and 40 minutes without the uncut version and then it's an hour 50 I think with the uncut yeah Yeah, I I meant to ask I watched it on Prime and that's the the one they yeah I think we all did I I, I don't I don't remember the film like massively but I don't know what they added in I don't remember the dick on the pillow but in the original version (laughs) see that I'd, I'd seen that in the version I'd seen before I'm not sure. There's eight minutes added on, so yeah, that's oh, okay. not too much. Um, most quotable. I, I feel bad asking some of these. Yeah, I, th- I think the length of time we took quoting winning crashes <laughs> compared to that is probably indicative of where we're at, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, best quote. So let, let's let's have your favourite quote from from both films. Ooh. We do wedding crashes first. What what is your favourite? Me, I think tough. it might actually be you mobile son of a bitch but then as the film was going through each time I heard one I was like that, that's my favourite I'm not even sure if I can give you one I, I think it is I don't know if that can't be a quote I think it, that's more of a moment it's just quite long what but, the whole if it's the whole kind of uh breaking down a date I would class that as one quote if that's the one you were going for I've got it from what a hot older woman makes you feel they can stop crying like a little oh girl. no no I thought you were on about Janice so I apologise to her that's still really good to jump into a forced into a situation <laughs> oh sorry just a tip yeah yeah bro. so that is as as a solitary quote because that's him that's just him yeah. as, a mon- as a monologue yeah I think that's the an- I, I think that would be the answer um I tried predicting what I thought would be TK's favourite, and I'm not sure it's a great reflection on him. Go on, give me a prediction. It's not going to be kiss my left nut, is it? <laughs> no, I thought it was. <laughs> Grief is nature's most powerful aphrodisiac. <laughs> I think it, it could be. It could be anything that Chaz says in that little scene. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably lean towards that. I'm not going to apologise, I'm a coxman, it's right up there. Though. Yeah, or it could be, I'd like to be Cowboys from Arizona or Pimps from Oakland, but it's not Halloween, grow up Peter Pan. I can't talk <laughs> um, I've forgotten the maple syrup bit um, when I rewatched it, and that did... It's, it's amazing, well. I, I want to be, <laughs> oh, we've done that, let's, let's yeah. why, don't, why don't we 
be from Vermont and we've got an emerging maple syrup conglomerate. Um, <laughs> what wasn't didn't someone we know on a night out try saying that they were the heir to the Branston Pickle fortune? Yes, and someone else tried and successfully, or no, someone else didn't someone else try and convince them that they were part of Liam Perrins and Worcestershire salt <laughs> in the same in the same evening. I feel like it was the same person. Uh, it was two different people. Sensational. I know the one rhymes with locked. Yes. <laughs> and I think I think I know who the other one is, but I can't I don't I'm not sure, so I don't wanna don't want to speak on their name and be wrong. Is it the same surname as a famous comedy duo of yesteryear? What? Obviously not. I thought it rhymed with uh, I thought it rhymed with Schmorbit. Sh- Oh, no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. No, I think it was someone else. Good little reference there, though, wasn't it, about the comedy duo? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It took me a while. My mind went straight to Laurel and Hardy. And I was like, I don't don't know anyone with either of those surnames. I went to Mitchell and Webb. I was like, what's going on there? We haven't had a nice time with Greg Hardy yet. (laughs) Um, What's your favourite for uh, Dirty Grandpa? For for me, it's uh, so what you call me taking number three. (laughs) <laughs> I think we used to let him out on his own but the raping got so bad <laughs> I think it's some of this is going to feed my kids some is going to give me some is going to get me a blowjob from the toothless hooker behind the dumpster at McDonald's <laughs> classic pump classic pump uh, okay uh, best moment slash scene it's the wedding montage. It is for me too. Yeah, if you don't give it to the montage, you give it to Chaz, I think, so. Yeah, I like Dirty Grandpa, but I don't know if there's an individual moment I take from it. No. Over Wedding Crashes, if that makes sense, the football scene. We don't I... get enough films like Dirty Grandpa anymore, though, in that you go in knowing it's not going to be a classic, but it just keeps you laughing for an hour and 40 minutes and that's good enough. You're not expecting anything more, which obviously the critics were. It's because they can well, have like, um, that sort of film, isn't it? Yeah. We said about the J- budget J- thing, but... JB said it as well, didn't he, about sort of middle-of-the-road middle of comedy where it, it's now... I said, I, I think... I think... I don't know where I base this from, but I sort of think Corona might push back towards it. Not just with comedy, but with a lot of genres of film. Because if why you need why do you need a budget for a film like that? You don't need De Niro to make this film. It helps. It helps a lot, but the the concept with a bit of word of mouth. Well, you do you do probably need De Niro for this, but that kind of comedy, you don't really need big budget. No, of course not. But I I I do think people seem to be big budget, big return, which I get. The star power still, star power is still massive, but I do think with Corona and stuff, if studios are struggling, you you go back like not everything's got to be a fucking home run. You can hit a single, no, you, can, no, exactly. you can hit you you can hit a double. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can. I don't don't think like I don't I do think the return. I know they are planning to make big films, but I think for some studios it will be a couple of years before they can comfortably. Right off 400 million without knowing what you're going to get as a return or 300 mm. million, whatever it might be. So these, these, or you get a lot more safe films that they know are going to make money. 
that is that is the most likely outcome, which yes. sort which hurts hurts my heart honestly. But I sort of hope comedy. Or we get a lot more straight to Netflix. Yeah, they will chuck Pasha anything seemingly. Yeah, yeah, South, South Park do a great bit about that. Um, yeah. But I, I think comedy wise, I think this would be where you go because people, there's never going to be a time that people don't want to laugh. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Co- co- comedy is good. Comedy is always bankable. It doesn't matter what happens. The worst people the world do is turn their nose up at some comedy though. They do, but I think you'll always have a market. And the worse the outside world is, I think the more of a market you get. You've got some people want, some people just want to laugh. Look at some of the greatest comedic stars throughout Hollywood and then compare it to what was going on outside. Like Charlie Chaplin made most of his money in and around the Great Depression before, before the war in the 20s, but he made a fair amount of money in the 30s as well. Yeah. Um, Charlie Chaplin or Charlie Sheen, if you had to choose? <laughs> Charlie Chaplin. Do you mean acting ability or for, for a night out? Both. <laughs> well, if it's two... If it's one and the same, I'd take Charlie Sheen's three out of ten acting combined with his ten hey, out of ten night out. Have you seen him in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I've never seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wow. You know I've never seen that. It's thing. a clinic. It's a clinic. That's that's the hill you want to die on. <laughs> hey, he did method acting there and stayed up for nearly two days just to repair himself for the role and nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> nothing else. I'm sure the fucking, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the, the half an ounce of coke that he had in his side pocket had nothing to do with it. That's what he told the director when he got to Scott to set this. I did this for you. Yeah. I'd and can I put it. this on my expenses? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do I do think and I do hope that middle of the road comedy I do think it, a lot of it will be safer comedy now. Which is is what it is, but like middle of the road comedy just films that are there solely to make you laugh. Just like these two. There's no message in either of these films. Yeah. The the bit that the critic that said that old people are it's weird messages they're only useful if they're aping uh, younger people. I, that's not the message of this. There's there isn't. Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm not intelligent enough to to read through it. But there doesn't seem to be a message in fucking Data Grandpa, does there? <sighs> no, there's no message well, there. That, I guess that, that I guess one, the wedding crisis thing you told you. That one review said it's to tell you that. Old people are insignificant unless they're aping the younger generation. Yeah, again, that's not the message of this film. The closest thing yeah. this, fil- this film gets to a message is that blokes don't lose their sex drive as they get older. <laughs> if, this might as well be a Viagra advert. If you go on and beat the world record for the fastest time eating a jam donut with no hands, and we can get Netflix to pick up the biopic about the story, yeah, who plays you in the film? Um, I don't know. You'd need a rather rotund actor that looks a lot older than he actually is. I think John Favreau can do it. Jeez, I don't look that bad, mate. <laughs> hey, you yeah. got, do you not see the stuff in uh, what's it called? Uh, the Irishman. Oh, sorry. What if you can scale him down? Yeah, I get that. We can um, scale him down a bit, John Favreau. I think he can pull this off. If you, I, I wouldn't, I, I mean, personally, just because of how much of a sweetheart it is, I'd like to throw the role of JB, see if he fancies it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, usually you have a bit of timber on you and you mention anything like that. Someone says, Jonah Hill, like it's the most creative thing in the world. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I avoided it, A, 
for that, but also B, he is. I mean, he does also look older than he actually is. So I mean, he does have that going for him. He might Don't... be too much of a sweetheart for you. America's sweetheart. <laughs> um, bigger impact here. This one's tough because wedding crashes. Yes, have more of an impact after its release, even with the uh, cinema success. They attribute a lot of like how it's revered now down to the DVD. The director said that he, he, he finds it almost impossible to go into someone's house and not have wedding crashes on their DVD shelf. He said literally everyone had that on DVD. Yeah, fair. Um, figure it, this is probably one of the hardest weeks now because you know, normally one of the film from one of the films, something. It's pretty clear, so, isn't it, one way or the other? Yes, yeah, something tends to the psyche be it a meme of like a quote that's for like the main impact of, of Dirty Grandpa was that I can't believe Robert De Niro was doing this. <laughs> the, I would the, say the two hundred million passes to for an R rated comedy to break that means it would have to go well in Crash's way. I won't won't argue either way. Because Dirty Grandpa didn't really make much of an impact outside of that. Even no. for people that haven't seen it, it's just some dirty grandpa. Oh, like Robert De Niro. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> Originality. I think I'd give them lots of wedding crashes again. Yeah, same. I think it's... Dirty Grandpa is essentially a lot of films we've seen before with a grandpa doing it. Yeah. Whereas I've not seen anything really like Wedding Crashes before or since. Um, MVP across the two films. This is tough. Because I'm inclined to say Chaz, but then... I, I can convince you could give it to, to Vince. Chaz. I was going to say you could give it to Vince, but it's... It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it links back to the things we've said on previous weeks where they work because they're a duo. But Vince Vaughn is funny in and of himself as well. Um, so. Vince Vaughn, he has his whole time crashing weddings. He then settles down with Isla Fisher and gets married. And she's still willing to bring in the Brazilian from the baseball game. <laughs> that is some MVP-like behaviour. I think he's. I think it would be up against De Niro, and I think Vince takes it on this occasion. I would probably lean towards that. Tina, um, <laughs> sorry, I was just no. Sorry, I was just reading what I wrote last night. Um, so I've got De Niro. I di- I didn't know whether I didn't know whether we we could separate the double act. Yeah, so I, that's I, it. So, I, so I've actually given it to De Niro. Because I do think him, does and a great Efron, turn. him and Efron, him and Zac Efron are less. They are less of a double act. Um, the film is is essentially about him. They are, but also, if if you did kind of a a, a laugh per line for De Niro and Vince Vaughn, I don't think oh, there's much in it. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, probably a lot of the things De Niro says are made funnier by the fact that it's De Niro. Because he's old, yeah, it's because it's De Niro. He's, more because, he's revered. Yeah, I think it's more because it's De Niro. The age thing does help, but like some of it is funny because, like, like Byron says, the last in Legacy being how, how did they get him to do it? 
<laughs> there's some things he says and I'm thinking Jesus how did he agree to say that <laughs> like did he read the script and love it or was he like was he just there for, he must have just been there for the money I, I De Niro will get mine off there's two one and two players trying to leave mine there or we stick in I'll lean towards Vince I'll still give it here but um, best soundtrack Wedding Crashers I, I went thought Dirty Grandpa. Grandpa yeah, I actually thought it does quite a good soundtrack to listen to yesterday. Heathens, both of you. <laughs> Erroneous. You've got In Love with the Coco by uh, OC Genesis. You've got The Macarena. You've got It Was a Good Day. You've got Finna Get Loose Puff Daddy. You've got some Celine Dion in there. Yeah, I'd still take Wedding Crashes. Go on, sell it to us. Uh, Mungo Jerry, Summertime. Time you end tapping your toes to that one every time it comes mm. on. Yeah. Bangs. Um, I'm also tapping my toes to in love with the cocoa, though. <laughs> yeah, we all know why. Um, <laughs> um, Shout the Eiley Brothers is the best song out of both films, by the way. That's it, like, an unreal. F- and also, just as part of the sound as the way it fits into the film is perfect. Um, keep it coming. Honestly, you're lo- you're you're the only you're the person who likes the Macarena. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Macarena. Maybe it's because I maybe it's because I st- I don't have the fitness level to do that dance for four minutes. Who knows? <laughs> um, well, won't put you down for the twenty four hours. <laughs> no, thank you. You barely get tw- you barely get twenty four seconds right away. Um, <laughs> that okay, little keep jump would be grueling by the end of the twenty four hours. My left knee definitely. My left knee definitely. I got that. I'm trying to hold your arms up still. <laughs> Keep it coming, love. Calling the gang. That's a banger. Um, Heartache and Pain is in there as well by Charles Bradley. It's an unreal, it's an unreal song. I'm still going with Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to sell it. I didn't think I'd sell it to you, but I just want to make my case. You give it a good case. Are you going with Dirty Grandpa, TK? Yeah, I'm still going with it. They avoid the whitewash. Narrowly. Yes, I don't see that's too going too well. Uh, ending. I think it was pretty hard to end Wedding Crashes well, and they and they did it. They do it. Bradley Cooper finally gets some sort of come, come up when yeah when Vince just floors him. Um, we see a glimpse into the wedding. Uh, glimpse into the future. Yeah, Ike Turner. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it just makes me laugh when he jumps out of the skin or Wilson goes, ah, here it comes. <laughs> just shuts his eyes waiting just to take one square on the chin. You'd love um, to be at a wedding like that with no real emotional connection to anyone involved just to see it play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you want it. I don't think you've told TK if you bring back just the story your, your dad has just because it fits the wedding theme perfectly. Yeah, I, can't, I think I've told it on the normal part of that. Yeah. Maybe I'll tell it. Yeah, he said it's a wedding where the uh, the groom, as he's, they've allowed the whole segment to go ahead or whatever, and he's going, yeah, I know the best man's been fucking the bride. I've got one more ticket to somewhere in America or whatever. I'm off to see her. And then just walked out. No. Yeah, insane. And it's just obviously just awkward and just quiet. And then the people just like, <laughs> slowly just kind of left because it's like there's nothing else to do. It's not like on like a soap where there's like a big sort of debrief. It's not like this, we've got to go now. <laughs> if it was in like a film, 
it would only take one person to do a standing slow clap, and everyone <laughs> would jump to their feet too. I think like there's a that... scene in a That's My Boy when uh, I've been the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This says more about me, but my first question would be: Is this cash bar or not? Because I mean, if they've paid for the bar, <laughs> if they paid for the bar, and I know people at the wedding, and I'm already there, it would seem a waste, wouldn't it? They're not getting. They're not getting the money back. <laughs> they say that on wedding crash, don't they? So, like, Twelve of these uh, free bar, and then they got the purple hearts for the other ones. Yeah, it goes. It <laughs> goes cash bars. It goes two of them actually. Are. Love where your heads at. So I've got these for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like if if me and a few of my mates were at, at that wedding and they put some money behind the bar, like I'm there, I'm in a suit, I've booked, I've booked minimum of a day. If it's a midweek one as well, if you've booked the time off work. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, if it's a Wednesday and I've taken Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then I I, I need to to get some sort of enjoyment out of it. I mean, admittedly, admittedly watching someone's life blow up in such spectacular fashion would would make me feel warm inside for a very long time to come. (laughs) I mean, I don't sell it to you in uh, The Wedding Singer. They don't really sell it as being a great occasion. No, but. Great it's film. More, yeah, it's a great film. It's been more depressing tones in that time, isn't it? Mm. One of the things that gets me with Wedding Crashes every time is the, the goal of Vince Vaughn cutting the cake. I don't know how <laughs> he gets into that position. <laughs> and they give a speech. The they give a speech, though. Like, not only are you crashing this body, you're actually giving a speech. Like, what, how does that happen? Well, Owen Wilson's As... doing them on his own by the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As he says, rule number six, draw attention to yourself. But... In in positive in in a positive way on your own terms, don't be negative. <laughs> the, the, it's not just the cutting of the cake; it's the fact that he just takes handfuls of it and starts eating it. <laughs> <laughs> no plate, he just literally grabs it, and, he like, and then he's like pushing it in the bride's face, and you're just like, surely, surely at <laughs> yeah. some point. Like, I know it's the happiest day of your life, and there's a mixture of people, but surely for for one moment, it's got a click for one of you. Like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Owen Wilson when he starts doing them on his own is obviously yeah. a, bit, a bit tragic. He necks the bride. <laughs> How is that ever going to go? <laughs> and he just sort of he just sort of gets thrown like a little bit thrown out, and he just walks off on his own. Surely you'd, you'd be absolutely you'd be shooing him in. <laughs> Kicks that drum over. <laughs> Shout! <laughs> just as he boots it over, doing it on his own. So are we are we giving it the ending to wedding crashes over De Niro getting it underway with Aubrey Plaza? I think so. Yeah, one's a lot funnier, but one is a better ending. Yeah. Do I need to ask about chemistry? No. No. Although Efron and De Niro do work great together, I think, but this the chemistry of wedding crashes is just sensational. <laughs> I think even before we all rewatch the film, the fact that we try and shoe on the pair. Of a double act. Yeah, probably should probably tell anyone who's listened to a previous episode which way this kind of is. kind of display our bias a bit there, don't we? Yeah. So it is an eleven-one swing in the way of wedding crashes. So not the whitewash, but very comprehensive in victory. So wedding crashes does progress to the next round. Categories then, Keenan. I actually did mean to message this to TK yesterday, so that will explain why he doesn't have the preparation for this. So apologies, TK. Um, so I'll give you a bit of time to think now. Um, when we usually do the, if you add Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn to this film, does it improve? 
keen and asked what other double acts we could put into the film if I've not got that wrong, Keenan. From the bracket, which double act? Would From you the take? bracket. All right. Yeah. I've been thrown it. I've been thrown again. Okay. Let me see. Well, let me see what I message you because if I haven't said, for, I thought I said from the films we've watched. But if I haven't, then I'll give you. I'll be honest, sir, but I've only got one anyway. But I do have what I think is a great recast in Four Wedding Crashes. Yeah. The question was, if you had to take any of the double acts we've had so far and put them in Wedding Crashes, who would it be? Strong. Strong. Stifler and Jim. <laughs> huh. mm, I don't I don't hate it. I don't I don't I don't where are they fitting in? As Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's just, sorry, yeah, I yeah, it's because so, so if you had to James Franco film, and Seth Rogen, that's not working for me. No, I agree. I ruled them out quite quickly. I'm I'm not taking Dumb and Dumber. No again. <laughs> Probably... Sandler doesn't really have anyone alongside him. Close don't you need to see Will Ferrell in one of these main roles. I'll say Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott. Yeah, I like I'd, that. Yeah, that's work. Like that. Even Steve Carell and uh, Paul Rudd could work. So I need my Paul an- Rudd to be a bit more cocky though. My answer, I think I had a couple, but I think I settled on Cal Penn and John Shaw. That would be okay. Great. I, I like it. I think if I think. Cal Penn, you give you give the Vince Vaughn role to, and I think he just he would just deliver. He'd knock out of the park. Admittedly, the scene where they turn up to the Indian wedding is a little bit less funny. But then again, <laughs> the the scene where they turn up to the Irish wedding and call himself Bobby or Tall and, and Seamus or whatever it may be, and say they're here to get drunk is a little bit funnier. Um, <laughs> what so, about Bradley Cooper and Ed Helms? Yeah, I so okay. I. I did specific. I just was just looking at specific two like two films that are from an ensemble. Yeah, I like that. Um, if you use Bradley Cooper and Ed Ed Helms, who would you want to play Bradley Cooper? Is yeah, it John? Isn't it? Is it John McHale or Adam uh, Adam Scott? See, I was going to mention the best asshole in Hollywood, but after we'd spoken about um, Rachel McAdams and Zoe Deutsch, I thought it. Could get quite out of hand, so I decided not to. <laughs> There's a vulgar joke for you. Real, real star of the film. I think this is one where it does work perfectly, and we do finally have some. Does go in with Chaz taking over. He probably is as much of a star of the film. When you mention this to anyone, Will Ferrell does get mentioned almost before Victor uh, Wilson. Yeah, he's. Both a star in name and in character. Yeah, it's so late in the film as well. It still does it. Yeah, it's one of the old. Also, we've not mentioned it, but the fact that he just strolls down the stairs in that dressing gown kills me every. It kills me. <laughs> yeah. Just open, chest hanging out. Um, yeah, he is, he's got to be real star, surely. I'm sure if I can stick with that joke, I just I didn't say it with my complete chest. No, <laughs> if you. You've bottled it a little bit. It, like, if you say it with your chest, it's, it's fine, but you've tried to sneak it in under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> with the, what if we just move on quickly then? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it? There isn't anyone other than De Niro that is the real star of Dirty Grandpa, is there? No. No, no not at all. He's, um, Zac Efron's wife does play really well as being 
a very dislikable yeah, definitely. fiance in this. Yeah. Also, the fact that she t- turns out she's banged his cousin Nick. Have you seen him? This is <laughs> pre in turning up to the to the wedding in dreadlocks. Yeah. Um, oh, just as a quote, by the way, just as he goes to go down on her at the wedding, same goes anyone ever told you you've got a pussy of an English sheepdog. Um, if we go on to so I've got my recasting and I've got my recasting for both Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn rather than just one role here yeah and firing from the hip Owen Wilson is going to be replaced by Jason Bateman who I think can do this role perfectly I really like it yeah Vince Vaughn, I did struggle with, and at one point I did have Bradley Cooper taking over, but I eventually have gone for Mark Wahlberg. Nah. I mm. think he can do it. I don't like it. Jason Bateman, I think you're right on the money with. Well, I can't think of who could replace Vince Vaughn. Miles Teller. Get out of here. They were actually my double actor initially, Jonah Hill and Mars Teller. <laughs> War dogs turn wedding crashes. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, I did, I did give consideration to Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum as my answer. Because mm. Channing Tatum is Channing Tatum. Don't he doesn't give a he doesn't give a complete performance, but he, he can do the Vince the Vince Vaughn thing. He's good looking enough that you you're not worried. Oh, he's incredibly good looking so you're not worried about anything else with it and he is quite funny and he's big and he's got the energy and then you just let Jonah Hill be the, be the sensitive one in Owen Wilson yeah Jonah, is Jonah Hill picking up Rachel McAdams no <laughs> he's got Emma Stone and Brie Larson in previous films in the bracket so maybe he's a he good does, he, does, he does pieces apparently um, very aspirational those films is there anyone you could recast in Dirty Grandpa <laughs> I was trying to think is there anyone like because it's all it's obviously with De Niro to keep it as it is it has to be of an age I don't think that, I don't think he'd ever get him to do it but one that I'd like just because I really like him if you could ever get him to agree so it would be Alan Arkin just to do De Niro's role um, or Rob Rob Rayner maybe the guy who played the dad in Wolf of Wall Street He's a bit he would be he would be good wouldn't he um, Rob Reiner sorry it would be one I'd enjoy as much as I like Jason Manzukis, and I do, I would love to see Rob Riggle play Pam. Let's not criticise uh, Jason Manzukis because uh, I've sent some emails out there. I had the um, idea of putting Rob Riggle in um, Wedding Crashes just as the guy who says, uh, that's a sack lunch. <laughs> <Just him doing laughs> that. He yeah. could be a scene stealer. Oh, yeah, he'd be perfect. And he also <laughs> gets to shout last... He also gets to shout last... Uh, yeah, crab cakes and football, that's what Marilyn does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so if the cast swapped, which film works best? Fucking hell, how does this work? De Niro trying to pull Isla Fisher. I think it'd be <laughs> the, scene, the scene where he's tied to the bed, Christopher Walken comes in and has a chat with him. If that's Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro, 
is <laughs> absolutely electric. <laughs> the rest of the, the rest of the film's gone. And then what? Who's trying to be the grandpa? <laughs> He's got to believe. He's still walking. Okay, all right. I thought the main characters had to stay as the main characters. So can, they're going to have to really age up Vince Vaughn or something here. Yeah, I Do you remember how big... confusing it was that you had Dirty Grandpa and Bad Grandpa came out like almost around the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Never watched Johnny Bad Grandpa. Is, is like a knockoff in Spawn. Hmm. No. I don't think there's any similarity in how they look. No. Small similarity. Vince is a Vince is a handsome man. He wasn't so funny. He probably, he probably could have made it as a leading man in Hollywood, but he, he, he pinned his colours to the mast early and then has been trying to get away from it ever since. Google joining Knoxville Vince Vaughn and all of the results are saying about how similar they look. Am I, have, I forgotten what Johnny, have I forgotten what Johnny Knoxville looks like? Yeah, Vince is just carrying a bit more. First one says Johnny Knoxville and Vince Vaughn could be brothers, so there you go. <laughs> Like Second week, Keenan's tried catching me out. <laughs> no, I just disagree with this one. That's not right. If you add Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson to Dirty Grandpa, does it improve? Yeah, I reckon, you, I reckon so. I don't necessarily know where they go. I couldn't really find a way to shill one of them. Which normally one of them is. can be his dad and one of them can be uh, Pam. Uh, I would have given. I think I would have given Vince Vaughn the role of the male cop. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say you could throw him in as the cops. Surprised how easy it is. Like, I think this is like the third time I've tried to have him in, in as policeman. Yeah, <laughs> I think we found a role for them every time. So they should be. I think they should. We they should have been far more utilised. Mm. Yeah. But I think that just about. Does us so we've got wedding crashes going through to the next round next week we have got bridesmaids against game night looking forward to rewatching both of them i haven't seen bridesmaids in ages it's quite mm. long from memory mm, it's also uh, also got wilson phillips in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah two hours five minutes so yeah, we'll have right. a stand conversation there about rewatchability but no, that does go through to the next round. Congratulations to Vincent and Wilson. You know, it was neck and neck for as long as it lasted. <laughs> Hopefully we've done the film justice. Got a nice uh, afternoon off now, The rest, all of us off work. So hope that you boys enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thanks again for Thanks, listening mate. to another edition of Movie Madness. We'll be back. Goodbye.